Let's talk to Dr. Alan Wager. We want to hear from you, of course, as well, because you are the voice of reason out there. You are the voice of the people. We've had some great calls this week, so I'd like to take some more. 0344 499 1000 is the number. Let's talk to Dr. Wager, uh, who is from, of course, uh, the UK in a changing Europe. Alan, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Morning, Mike. How are you doing? Yeah, very well indeed. Thanks very much for joining us once more. Now, we're expecting at any moment some kind of a, a, a judgment, I believe, from the courts over in Northern Ireland on uh, the proroguing of Parliament. I, I, I don't know. I can't say whether they're going to go down the same route as the courts of session in Edinburgh. But it seems an extraordinary state of affairs for me, for a, a court in Scotland to say that the Prime Minister has behaved in an unlawful manner and then to do nothing about it. I mean, the big judgment that really matters from now is the one on Tuesday that the UK Supreme uh, Court would be making. And yeah. it would, in a way, be relatively unprecedented for the Supreme Court to make a judgment like this in terms of what, it's, what it, in terms of how it would be stretching the role that the courts are playing. But everything, everything from now until then is probably largely uh, a noise, really, as we wait for this judgment on Tuesday from the Supreme Court, the highest judge who will make the ultimate decision on, on whether or not this was illegal or not. It's fair to say most people probably probably weren't expecting the Scottish court to make the judgment that it did on Tuesday, but it, that it did. Uh, that Yesterday, sorry, but that it did, and that, that's where we are now. And it seems to have used a rather uh, old rule to do so, doesn't it? It seems to have used like some 300-year-old 300 statute, uh, which was originally used to uh, uh, pass the Crown uh, William of Orange to win an appeal against uh, the, the, the prorogation that happened just last week. So it's a very odd world in which we now live, where things which might be legal are deemed illegal, which things which might be illegal are not punishable by any sort of means by, 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 that we know of. And, and a, a civil court, effectively, in, in, in Edinburgh, can rule on something which they say is criminal. I mean, ultimately, no matter what the courts say, this is all probably going to be a bit of a sideshow when it all comes down to so These things will have to be decided by politics, but, but, but by voters. I mean, it's going to come down to a case of whether or not people want to give Boris Johnson the, the powers that he says he needs to leave the European Union or not. And, and ultimately, these are all decisions that are going to be made by by Parliament when it comes back. I mean, it's very clear you could make the you can make the case that. I mean, although MPs would like to be sitting right now, they did manage to achieve quite a lot of what they wanted to achieve last week when Parliament was sitting. Yeah. Well, we already we already hear, we already hear from the uh, opposition benches, right? Uh, what hypocrisy is because they they had said that they would vote uh, in favour of a general election once the bill was passed, once the Hillary Benn bill was passed, and it was clear uh, that Boris Johnson could not, in some way, prorogue Parliament uh, beyond uh, the thirty first of October and then get a No Deal going through because that's not what he's able to do now but yet they still did not go for a general election and I'm rather baffled as to what would happen say for example next week if the courts say that the prorogation was in fact unlawful and they all have to go back into parliament they've already used up the extra time that he'd added on so they would have prorogued anyway for the conference season and indeed and the strategy of the opposition parties is clearly to wait until the big European Council meeting in the middle of October and then to go for an election after that. That's what they publicly said. So actually what what would be achieved in terms of Brexit legislation or anything like that until then, I mean, we'd be in a bit of a holding pattern. We'd still be waiting until middle middle of October for the for, for people to make their decisive moves anyway. So actually, you know, I, mean, I mean, maybe they'd be asking for more, more news on no deal more of the information on no deal or something like that but this but is but this is my this is kind of my point alan because the one problem that we have in this whole scenario 
is that it's looking more and more as though those people who are against no-deal Brexit are basically just stalling for time. I mean, they talked about trying to make sure that Boris Johnson wasn't stalling for time, but that's precisely what they're doing. And the people in this country are sick to death of it. I had several people on the phone yesterday calling me to say how angry they were and how upset they were and how depressed they are at the fact that nothing is happening because it's actively being stopped. Yeah, and, and, and the decisions, obviously, to they, these, these MPs, the opposition MPs, think that it's going to be... Uh, electorally beneficial for these for these for these parties to wait and to wait until the middle of October to show that Boris Johnson can't get it through on his own, and then that splits the the Brexit party the Brexit party vote if you like. But I mean, it's still a big risk. People are people are confused by the fact there isn't going to be an election held, and you know, and it, it's, it's full of risk because over the next month or so, Boris Johnson can do any number of things to make his position stronger. He can make a whole series of interventions. He could do a whole load of speeches saying what his government would be like. When you're in government, you have a lot more power than when you're in opposition. So it's a big risk letting, the op- letting Boris Johnson, giving him a free reign over the next month to make his case to the people, to the, to the British public before an election even formally starts. So yeah. It's huge high stakes here for both parties. Well, they are really. But as I say, the people are the ones who are suffering through all of this because what it appears to now be uh, is a sort of fight to the death between people who have read an awful lot of law books and politicians who are trying to get something done that was actually voted for democratically by this country. I mean, I, wouldn't, I don't think it's a good idea for, 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 for anyone that's, that, that supports remaining in the European Union to try and fight this battle primarily through the courts. No. It's not going to produce any stable outcome for, for the country at all. I mean, I mean, one of the charges that's often made of people that are, uh, that are remain supporters is they don't actually think about what would ha- how are they going to get to the end point of what they want, which is remaining in the European Union? They're always fighting a sort of the battle that's in front of them, the core battle. Whatever. If, if you want to have a stable situation, of the UK being a properly European country in the European Union, get, getting that through going to court isn't going to get you there. Well, exactly right. They have to persuade people, and people are not persuaded because what we have seen uh, is that we have got uh, the, the the people who lose elections claiming they've won them, the people who want to stay in the European Union despite a vote calling for another vote, um, which will probably inevitably lead to the same result and the same conclusion. I mean, uh, it, I mean, it, who would win it? Is, uh, I, I mean, is, is any anyone's guess if there was if there was a round two? There'd be, uh, but, but in the election right now, what's about to the election that's about to happen? It's clear that one of the big drawing, one of the big divides that both parties are looking for is on the one hand, Boris is saying we're we're sticking up for Brexit voters and we are sticking up for the people. On the other hand, uh, the other remain part, the remain parties um, are now saying that Boris Johnson isn't abiding by the rule of law and they want to paint him as someone that's not trustworthy and doesn't abide by the law and you can't trust what he says on the economy as well as on Brexit because he's not someone that's a trustworthy character. So that's, those are the two, that's the, both sides are clearly looking at the electorate and trying to and trying to frame how an election happens in the next couple of months. Also, isn't it funny, isn't it funny as well, though, Alan, how they say that the government can't be trusted, the government tells lies, the government is absolutely and utterly duplicitous in all matters. However, here's a report they produced, uh, which is absolutely the gospel truth. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I, I guess there's a certain certain irony in that. I mean, mean, there's there's two things to say about that, that report. The first thing is... they. It's not all. It's not all the information that we could have got from these documents. Clearly, there's more than four pages of work being done by the government on this. And but on the other hand, they're not because they're not releasing everything. We're not actually hearing about some of the things that they are planning to do to to um, to sort these issues out. So actually, what the four-page document 
shows the whole series of things that pr- problems that could happen. But if they'd actually been more on, if they'd actually just released everything, including some more of the details. Maybe we've been able to see some of the things that actually the government is doing behind the scenes to mitigate some of these problems to try and make right. them less, di- less difficult. Well, I mean, it. somebody actually very smartly on Twitter put out a tweet with a picture of one of those airline warnings. You know, the laminated stickers that you find in the back of the uh, of the seat, which tell you what to do in the event of a crash. And they say, well, that doesn't stop you getting on the plane and flying on it, does it? <laughs> no, no, that's that's correct. One thing that's worth remembering, and uh, is that I mean, the UK government and the and the civil service. I mean, I mean, they've been bashed a, a bit maybe over the last few years, but they are very good at, at preparing for uh, things like uh, the sort of the stuff that people are talking about about medicines. Right? There's been a lot of money pumped into that to make sure it works on time if it if it came to it. And the UK state is generally pretty well prepared and pretty good at pretty good at working out what to do in situations like that. That's yeah. to say there won't be any problems, but actually it's to say that, that the UK is, is, is a, a relatively rich country. It's able to make take the steps and be prepared enough that things won't on day one necessarily be as bad as some people are saying. But, I mean, there's still a whole lot, there's still things in that in this you know, report that are that are definitely uncomfortable and difficult for the government. For sure, but they also say that it's now uh, a several weeks old report which was produced at a different time and since that report was produced it has now been worked upon, which is what it was produced for in the first place, so that they will have mitigated quite a lot of the things that were being projected. Yeah, well, we're not clear on whether it's a base case scenario, aka more, you know, roughly what we're expecting, or whether it's a worst case scenario actually the government have been pretty unclear on that some day sunday telegraph uh, sunday times journalists uh, about a month or so ago they got they got this leak a month ago so anyway, it's saying nothing new well there isn't on anything new in it that's right that's, we've already well, seen yeah. it before yeah all of it all of it stuff that, that has already been uh seen it leak was leaked in full to the sunday times about a month ago or apart from one section apart from the headings where they where the journalist that it was leaked to says that it was uh, described as a base case scenario, whereas now it's changed to a reasonably worst case scenario. So, I mean, that, this is all just a sort of semantic, this is just a playing around with words, but it's whether or not this is, this is the most likely outcome or something to prepare for. That's really, that's, that's the question people need to ask the government today, I think. What, yeah. what, what, what is this document actually saying? Yes, exactly right. Thank you very much indeed. Dr. Alan Wager there from the uh, UK in a Changing Europe organisation.